This is Transforming Truth with the life-changing Word of God that heals, delivers, fills you with the Holy Spirit, all for your supernatural walk in Christ. Stay tuned for Transforming Truth with Chris Palmer. And good evening. This is Reverend Chris Palmer here on the Transforming Truth radio broadcast. You're tuned in 11 o'clock Friday night. It's Friday, TGIF. God bless you. We have a good show prepared for you tonight. Half hour of radio bringing to you the truth that's in the Word of God. We are honored by every person that takes the time to listen to our broadcast. People that give themselves to hearing the Word of God. I'm thankful for people that are hungry and they're excited about the Word of God. So we encourage you tonight to stay tuned. Don't touch the dial. We're going to continue to get into what we've been speaking about for the last couple of shows. And that is... The mind of God, accessing it, his mind, and receiving revelation knowledge from the Word of God. Do you know that the Bible, if it appears to you to be boring, well, you're not reading it right. And if the Word of God is not exciting, well, it should be exciting. Because it is God speaking to you through the Holy Spirit. You say, well, it was written 2,000 years ago. How can it be applicable today? Well, the Holy Spirit is still alive. He's still moving. The author of this book is not dead. You have Shakespeare... You have other classical writings, Moby Dick. You have other things. I can't think of all of them. I mean, I'm blanking. I'm not a literature scholar. But I'll tell you, you've got a lot of things that are written by a lot, a lot of good things out there. Homer, Iliad, Odyssey, right? But all those authors are dead. They're long gone. And we only have what they gave us. But we have the living author, the Holy Spirit that is alive. And he can enlighten us to what the Word of God means. So, we're going to take... Uh, look at that tonight, and we're going to get into it. We had a great time tonight at our service at uh, the Hilton Garden Inn. Tonight it was a powerful time. The Holy Ghost moved. And if you missed it, that's okay. We want to invite you next week on November 8th to come out. Hear the Word of God. Be transformed. And we'll be praying for the sick. And we will be believing God for a fresh outpouring of the Spirit. Fresh move of the Holy Ghost in people's lives. Many lives were transformed. It's so very honored to be a part of what God is doing in the kingdom. God is reconciling, restoring, and uh, touching people's lives in this area. So it's honored to be a part of that. And it's honored for you to be a part of that. And so we're thankful for all the emails that we get. Thankful for people that take enough time and are concerned to write to us. We honor you. Thank you for writing to us. Okay, let's get into this tonight. We're talking about accessing the mind of God. We've been talking about the source of every believer should be the Holy Spirit. We talked about the Corinthian church. They got mixed up because they were putting emphasis and eminence on who was giving to them the word of God. And Paul was basically telling them, if you're inspired by the Holy Ghost, if you're inspired by the Spirit, then it doesn't matter who the pipeline, all you're receiving, what matters is you're receiving the truth of the word of God. And we talked about that inside of God, there's a whole world going on inside of him. Thoughts that he thinks towards mankind. Thoughts that he thinks concerning the eternal ages that are yet to come. The thoughts that he thinks towards the new Jerusalem. Thoughts that he thinks about eternity. He already knows what's going to happen in eternity. His mind has gone all the way as far as it can go. And that's infinite. It's a very very, um, abstract thing to think about. But we know he's God. I want to talk to you tonight about praying in the Spirit. Being full of the Holy Ghost, being full of the Spirit. And I want to talk to you tonight about what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Although, uh, let's see here, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, let's go there tonight. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Hallelujah. It says here, 
Uh, follow after charity, which is love and desire spiritual gifts. So there used to be a desire. So it's a cessationist that they think that the gifts of the spirit have passed away are, are wrong. It says that desire spiritual gifts. And, you know, I we can go tit for tat on the word of God. But I'll tell you what. You know, you come preach in other countries and you see the work of God very tangibly in front of your eyes. I took someone with me overseas one time. And their prayer, I didn't know, was to see a miracle. They wanted to see a evidence of power. And that's okay if you want to see that. They didn't. It, they weren't basing their faith on that. But they, it was in their heart to see a miracle. And they did. They saw a leg that was one leg was shorter than the other. They saw it in front of their very own eyes. It grew to length. They couldn't believe it. And uh, that's a work in a miracle. That's a gift of healing. And um, so it's powerful. God is still working upon the earth. So take, be encouraged tonight. If you have cancer in your body, you have sickness, disease, if you're looking for God to touch, it says in Romans 2.11, He's not a respecter of persons. And so He desires to do for you what will bless you, what is good. He's your Father. If any man ask bread of him that is a father, will he give him a stone? If he asks a serpent, will he give him an egg? If he asks him a scorpion, will he give him an egg? If, if he asks an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask Him? Uh, the thing about the kingdom of God is, is that when you when when you want to receive something in the kingdom of God, it takes desire, it takes hunger. So people say, why am I not receiving from God? I want, I'm, I'm, I'm pressing. I want to receive more from God. Uh, why why do I not receive from Him? Well, it takes hunger, it takes desire. Matthew seven seven through eight, asking it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be open. I was with one person one time, and they blatantly told me. They said, I don't want to know any more about God. I said, really? No, I'm satisfied with where I'm at. I said, so this God who is eternal, infinite, he's a source of life, source of joy, source of knowledge and wisdom. Wisdom proceeded from him. I said, when wisdom exists, it came out of him. I said, and you don't want to know any more about him? Nope, I'm comfortable where I'm at. Well, they're not going to receive anything from the kingdom because they're not desirous of it. When I prayed and ministered to the baptism of the Holy Ghost to people, the people that received it, the people that are hungry to receive it, the people that were desirous, they were seeking, they were after it, they weren't going to give up until they got it. That's how the things work. And so that's how spiritual gifts work. Whatever you put and direct your faith towards is what you are going to receive. Whatever your mind is upon is what you're going to receive. Your desire, you say, well, what's desire? Desire is what your mind is continuously working on and upon. So if you have your mind earnestly upon spiritual gifts, it's not going to be long before you start entering and opening up into that. Well, why is that, Brother Palmer? Because your imagination has a lot to do with uh, a lot to do with what you access in the realm of the spirit. That's why you can imagine a vain thing and it come to pass. Uh, because your imagination is a bridge of the spirit realm and the natural realm. And so what you begin to imagine will take you and eventually turn you into what you become. So it's an aspect of your mind and the mentality, but it also connects into the spirit realm. So we must be careful with our imagination and what we allow ourselves to imagine. And, you know, if we imagine ourselves being the greatest and being the best, we'll think ourselves more highly than we ought and grieve the Holy Ghost. But if your mind is in the right place, and one of those places that the Apostle Paul tells it to be is on spiritual gifts. He says, and also desire to prophesy and also to walk in love. These things are virtuous thing that the believers should have their mind upon. And when you get saved, this is where your mind should go. It shouldn't be on going to the club and partying. It shouldn't be on filth. It should be on the Word of God. It shouldn't be on gossiping and finding the dirt out in the church. It should be on what's the next level? What's the next depth for me as a child of God? 
He that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not unto men, but unto God. So when you speak in a tongue, you're speaking unto God. And it says here, how be in the Spirit, he speaketh out mysteries, or the plans of God, or the Greek word is mysterion, which means something that's not revealed, something that's hidden. W.E. Vines will say it's hidden forces that accelerate the kingdom of God. Uh, so when you speak in an unknown tongue, you're speaking out something that really is not going to be known. It's a mystery. Well, that's not a mystery to God, because he knows all things. What can be hidden from the eyes and the mind of God? But when you pray in an unknown tongue, you're praying in a mystery form, the very plans of God. You say, yes, Brother Palmer, but what kind of plans am I praying out? What are these things that I have that are, I'm praying out in a mystery form? Well, you know, some people like to believe that well, it's not all of our desire to pray in tongues. I respect those people's beliefs. They believe we don't, it's not everybody's desire to pray in tongues. I can, you know, they, they get that from the Word. But I'm going to tell you something. I don't get that from the Word. And I also tell you this, that I've gone places and I've seen masses of people cry out and they all receive tongues. And according to a person's faith and what people received, what people desire, they receive. And there's power behind it. My God, there's power, there's power behind it. So much power. And I can tell you what praying in tongues has done for my life devotionally. When, when I'm praying in the Spirit and the Holy Ghost takes over. And I'm praying out that language that He gave me. My God, do you understand, friend, that God has offered to you the Holy Spirit? He says, I don't, you don't know how to pray as you ought. This is your problem. You don't know how to pray. You have an issue in your life. You have anger. You have emotional problems. You're hitting a wall. And you don't know what to pray because your mind is limited. But I've given to you my teacher. I've given to you one that has perfected the art of praying. His knowledge is unlimited. And he will pray for you if you just lend yourself to him. Pow! There's power. Power in your praying. Power in your asking, in your requests. And then he moves you over on into the area of worship. And there's power in that. Yes, Brother Palmer, you're preaching heresy from the Word of God, right? Okay. He says that when you speak in an unknown tongue, you're speaking out mysteries. Well, we've seen this word before in Scripture, Mark chapter 4 and verse 11, where Jesus is sitting upon the Mount of Olives, and the Bible says uh, that... Well, let's go there. Let's go to Mark chapter 4. The Bible is exciting. Now, if you're listening tonight and you don't ever read the Bible, I want to encourage you to do so because it is the greatest work ever written. He said unto them, Unto you it's given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God, but unto them that are without, or don't have without what? Understanding. All these things are done in parables. I've often heard it said that Jesus, now I'm a product of seminary, I've been this, I'm attending seminary as we speak, and also I've been to Bible college four years. I've done all the papers, and I've been, done enough, you know, I've studied X, Y, Z. And I was taught that parables were to enhance the meaning of Scripture, but also, I, and, and they do, they do. Uh, the word para is from the Greek word Para vale, which means to cast, and volo is to cast aside. You saw a story that's cast next to something to enhance the meaning, but it's also translated to be a knot, or at least gives the idea. Parables, Jesus taught in parables, and when you when you see him uh, in uh, what scripture is it? Uh, Matthew thirteen. Uh, it says from that point forward, he started teaching in parables. It was a judgment to people, people that said that he was full of a demon. Well, he was full of the Holy Ghost. And that's where his wisdom came from. That's where his understanding came from. And it wasn't a demon. It was a spirit. But because people blasphemed the Holy Ghost. 
and they ascribe the work of God to the works of the devil, Jesus says, well, I'm going to put a judgment upon them and I'm going to start teaching the mysteries of the kingdom and I'm going to wrap them in a parable form to keep them from understanding. And he said that the, so the parables really were to keep people from understanding. And the disciple says, uh, was this parable for us or was it for them or was it for all of us to understand? And Jesus says it's for you to understand. So when Jesus taught, he taught in knots as a judgment to those accusing him of having a demon. And the only one that could untie these knots for people is our friend, the Holy Ghost, whom Jesus promised in John chapter 14, 15, and 16, the Comforter will come. He shall lead and guide you into all truth. Jesus says, I have many things yet to say unto you, but they're hard for to be understood. Yet when he has come, he will uh, speak not of himself, but he'll speak of me. So the Holy Spirit's job, people say, what is the Spirit's job? The Spirit's job is the teacher. He's the one that finds you on your journey as a child of God. He takes you and begins to put you in the classroom and begins to teach you the principles of the kingdom of God. These are found in the Word. So the exciting thing is that when you get born again, when you give your heart to Jesus, if you cooperate with the Holy Spirit, He'll open up to you the Word of God. And it'll make it known to you. I know people that have not had a day of Bible college, but there's power and there's evidence and there's fruit in their life. Let me say this for a second. I'm not hard on preachers. Because I am a preacher, number one. But uh, I, can, I can agree even when I disagree. I know preachers, I've heard preachers preach certain things I don't particularly, dis, particularly agree with. I say, well, I, I may differ in that point right there. Uh, and I know that some preachers don't, well, I just say that you have a lifetime of preaching, it's probably not going to preach everything right. But we're learning, right? Let's walk in love. Let's walk in love with one another and let it, let us, uh, you know, not divide ourselves over elementary things. Let's walk in love. And I believe that's what the Holy Spirit is working on. And we're all working and the Holy Spirit is teaching. I consider myself a student of the Word and a student of the Holy Spirit. And He's continuously teaching me. He's continuously leading me. He's continuously guiding me. And we as believers need to understand that we're consistently, until the day we look at Jesus face to face, <laughs> we're in the classroom of the Holy Ghost being learned and being taught. Uh, so, if we understand that, we should walk in love with one another, even when we see somebody may not exactly have it the way we think it should be. Okay? Jesus exclaimed that uh, the only one that can untie these knots for the believer is the Holy Spirit. And Jesus exclaimed that uh, when he spoke, he spoke in mysteries. So, basically, when Jesus spoke, it was heard but not understood, because the disciples were slow of heart. Luke chapter 24, verse 25. But Jesus breathed on them, and their understanding was opened. That's what we need, is believers who are hungry after the heart of God, who are saying, God, breathe upon me. God, breathe upon me. I consider myself dry. You know, when someone says, I'm dry spiritually, what they're saying is, I need God to breathe upon me. I need God to breathe upon me. Uh, in seminary, we learn that if we're going to be theologians and rightly divide the Word of God, we have to be active in our faith and sharing our faith. We have to be on the front lines. You know, theologians, and they admit this, D.A. Carson, powerful theologian in the modern church, he said that when theologians, their job is to provide a for those people that are on the front lines. Yes, that talks about ministers and preachers that do missionary work. I'll be in Italy for two months, and right after that I'll be back in the islands preaching. And the important thing is that even if we study the Word, we need to be on the front lines, sharing our faith, telling people about Jesus, getting people filled with the Holy Ghost, sharing. If, if God reveals to us a mystery from the Word of God, we should preach these mysteries to the people that God leads us to, and not just sit there and be puffed up with knowledge.
so it can be active. Otherwise, we'll become armchair theologians who like to sit around and uh, like how much knowledge we have. <laughs> Glory. Thank you, Jesus, for your word. We thank you, Father. We praise you for your spirit. I'll tell you this, friend. Doing things God's way will save you a whole lot of time and a whole lot of trouble. will save you a whole lot of money. It will produce blessing in your life. Well, God doesn't want me to be blessed. He wants me to be suffering. Don't get me on that again tonight. He doesn't want you to be sick. Someone told me one time, oh, God gets glory in my sickness. I said, well, then you should stop going to the doctor. And you should stop praying to be, <laughs> to be healed. Well, brother, don't you understand? I know. I know. I know. Uh, but ain't, when I pray for people and I see them healed, it just makes me believe that God's not. I, I've never prayed for someone and seen them get sick. Sorry. I never saw Jesus going around putting leprosy on people. Did you? I didn't see that. I didn't see, I didn't see Jesus going around uh, causing deaf ears, causing regular ears to be deaf. I saw it the reverse. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's just, that's just what I see when I read the Bible. Okay. And uh, he wants to heal and touch and deliver. I didn't see Jesus going around putting bondage on people. I, I saw him getting them out of bondage. What hope do we have if Jesus is not the healer? Then whose hope does ours rest in? So Jesus breathes on them and their understanding is unopened and they're no longer slow of heart. And so the Holy Ghost came in Acts chapter 2. And the Bible says that Peter got up and he gave a sermon and 3,000 people were saved. See, when you participate with the Holy Ghost, there's fruit in your ministry. How do you know someone is participating with the Holy Ghost? Well, they see fruit in their ministry. They see abundance. They see power. They see people's lives being changed and transformed. And so, how did he get all that information where people got born again? Well, the Holy Spirit's teacher. And he was now working with Peter. And, you know, Jesus couldn't teach and explain everything that he knew when he walked the earth. Well, are you saying Jesus had limitations? Well, he had 12 disciples that had limitations. So, in dealing with the human race and becoming human, Jesus did have limitations upon him while he walked the earth. And he was, one of these that I'm talking about was his disciples were slow of heart and they weren't getting what he was saying. And number one, that's because they had not yet been reborn. Because the work of Christ had not yet been accomplished. But, by the time we see him in Acts chapter 2, these were 120 reborn spirits that were part of the first fruits of them that believed. And they were seeking the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost boom, was poured out upon the church at that time. Anybody that wanted to receive him from Acts chapter 2 forward could receive it. We see the Gentiles receiving. We see the people that were in Ephesus, they were receiving Acts 19. And they were receiving and speaking in tongues. And I want to tell you this tonight, friend. Don't sell yourself short of everything God has for you. God has certain things in place. And I'll say this, that there are certain things that remain to you a mystery. They remain to me a mystery. And God desires that the things of God, they're not hidden from you. They're hidden for you. And he wants to untangle what we call knots, mysteries, kingdom mysteries. And uh, this knot may be, why am I not healed? Why am I not delivered? Why are not miracles happening in my life? Why am I continuously bound? Why, 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 why is my son still rebellious? Why is my daughter still rebellious? Why is all this rebellion going on in my family? Why is there a curse? Why does it seem like there's a curse in my life? Why, God, why? And God says, I'll give you the answer. But you need to participate with my active agency upon the earth right now. And that is the Holy Spirit. 
Make the Holy Ghost your best friend. Well, brother, I said that sometimes. Someone said, well, brother, why don't you just say make Jesus your best friend? That's the, if, if, if you think that way, then you're saying that there's much of a difference between the Holy Ghost and Jesus. And I have to tell you that uh, we've already decided that they are separate entities, but they're the same. They're God. They're God. The church has decided that. That was decided a long time ago. And He is God. The Holy Ghost is God. And He wants to help you. He's the agency of God that's come along to get you through this journey as a pilgrim to get to see Jesus face to face. When you cry out to God for an answer, the Holy Ghost is right there with the answer, trying to get it to you. So, we should learn to honor the Holy Ghost. Respect the Holy Ghost. Respect His Spirit. So I want to encourage you tonight that one of the ways that we can participate with the Holy Ghost is participate in the prayer language that He gives us. When we pray in the Holy Ghost, it says we're praying out mysteries. It's a mystery to us. We don't know what we're praying. We're praying out mysterion. Things that are not, that we don't understand, but have to do with the kingdom of God. This is technically equivalent to sitting on the mountainside and hearing Jesus. Picture you're there at the Mount of Olives listening to Jesus talk. But you don't understand what he has to say. It's like, man, what is he saying? I mean, I get what he's saying, but I don't get what he's saying. He's talking our language. He's talking Aramaic. We understand Aramaic. We know what he's saying, but what does he mean? That's what happens when you're praying in tongues. Many times you don't know what you're saying. Sounds like babbling, but you're praying in a heavenly language. And when you pray that out, and you spend time praying in the Spirit, there is a discipling process that is going on. See, you're praying out things that pertain to your personal life. It says in Second Peter 1, 3, that God hath given us divine power that pertains unto life and godliness. Well, I believe the things that pertain to life have everything to do that pertains to your vios, your personal regulatory life that lives here on the earth, your assignment, your ministry office, your place in the kingdom of God. Those things that are having to do with your family, even lineage, things that have go all the way back third, fourth, five, ten generations in your family. Those are things that pertain to your life. Where you are in your walk, you may have been born in some place that you don't have the advantage. You may be born someplace that you, uh, uh, unfortunate circumstance, and you're trying to find a way up and out, and you start praying in the Holy Ghost. You're praying out things that pertain unto that. Well, then there's things that pertain to godliness, and that is uh, being like God. Godliness is having the character of God. But more than just that, the, the Bible mentions the mystery of godliness, which is 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, believed on the world, and preached unto the Gentiles. Preached unto the Gentiles and believed on the world. This has to do with the redemptive plan. The way the mystery of godliness is what God, Jesus had to do through his son, God had to do through his son Jesus, so that you could become like God again, get back to the original blueprint and be like him. And eventually receive your resurrected body and rule and reign with Christ. But that's the mystery of godliness, the redemptive plan. And these, you need to know these things as a believer. And so a revelation of Jesus is the most important aspect of this. And so godliness is being like him. And so what we need to know how we got there, how we arrived, what our history was. What did, what did Jesus have to do for us to get this? Because when we know what he had to do, it produces power in us. And uh, this is revealed when we begin to see more sides of his redemptive plan. And so when you pray in the Holy Ghost, and you pray in the Spirit, or you pray in a natural tongue, or, uh, English or Spanish if you speak Spanish, or Italiano if you speak Italian, you, by the Spirit, 
This is going to be revealed to your life. God's going to let you know what you're praying. He's going to make it known to you. He's going to reveal it to you by His Spirit. Many times people say, well, how come when I pray in tongues or when I pray in a natural language by the Spirit? Uh, I'm edified. Well, edified means to be taught. Why am I taught? Well, because when God wants to reveal to you, He desires to reveal to you many times what you've been praying. And so when you pray, He searches the deepest parts of you and the deepest parts of God. Because He knows what's going on in you and He knows what's going on in God. Because He is God. He takes what He's discovered inside of you and brings it up before the one who searches your heart. And that's Jesus. Romans 8.27 The one, you know, it, it encourages me to know that. That's a powerful thought right there. To think that the Godhead is searching your heart right now. He searches your heart. Searches it for meaning. Searches what's going on. There's someone that loves you that much. He spends time searching the very most aspect, the deepest part of you. He knows you better than you know yourself. Why do I do the things I do, you say? <laughs> why can't I just change? Why do I got to deal with this thing? And God knows why. Because you know what? When you're laying there on your bed sleeping, He searches the inside of you. When you wake up, He searches. When you say something to someone that you, you, you know you shouldn't have said, and you think, why am I so mean? He knows why. And when you are doing something that you shouldn't be doing, and you're wondering why you're doing it, He knows exactly why. And He has searched the very inward part of you, and He has found inside of Himself a solution. And He's trying to get that solution over to you and place it inside of you to cause you to overcome the aspects of yourself that He has identified that don't belong inside of you of a child of God and he wants to make an even exchange your weakness for his power and so when you pray he sends you're giving to him the faith that he needs to send back the answer that he knows you need so much of the intercessory role of Christ has to do with him revealing himself to us through the Holy Spirit and uh, so when we pray in tongues this is one of the aspects of doing that now there's worship there is ministering to God. There's all different types of keys to do it, but praying in the Spirit is one. I don't believe in praying in tongues, Brother Palmer. Well, you know, I know a lot of people that didn't either. And then they received it and can't convince them otherwise. <laughs> I'm thankful for my prayer language. I'm thankful I can pray in the Holy Ghost. Some people say, well, you're, you're audacious to preach this on the radio. Well, I, I preach the full gospel. I want people to enter into their inheritance in God. I thank you. Let me pray before our broadcast is over. Father, I thank you for every person listening. And Lord, I'm humble. And I thank you for them. Bless them. Fill them according to their desire. According to their hunger, God. Fill them up tonight, I pray. In the name of Jesus. Touch the lives of each person. And I thank you, Lord, that you are working your work in each person's life. Send to them the Holy Spirit, Father. That he may walk and lead and guide them into all truth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you again for writing. Thank you again for um, taking the time to correspond with our ministry. I'm honored. I'm honored that you listen to the broadcast. I'm honored that you um, take time to make for us. We'll be back on now, our regular time, Saturday nights, 12.15 a.m. I hope you enjoyed these two weeks' special segments that we had. If you did, email us, info at chrispalmerministries.com. 
Write to us, P.O. Box 403, Wald Lake, Michigan, 48390. We're a partner-supported ministry. We're doing a lot of work overseas in Italy, other places. We're attempting to distribute our literature. If you'd like to send to us a financial contribution, you can do so. P.O. Box 403, Wald Lake, Michigan, 48390. Or you can send us finances on the web, www.chrispalmerministries.com. Our website will be fresh and brand new coming up in just a month. So look for that. You can also find me on Facebook, Chris Palmer, or Chris Palmer Ministries, and find me on Twitter, at Chris Palmer. Again, don't forget, next Friday night, November 8th, at 7.30 p.m., Hilton Garden Inn. Hope to see you there. And if you do come, make sure to say hi to me after service. It'll be a blessing. It'll be an honor to meet you and agree with you in prayer for the things that God has for your family. Again, Amazon.com, The Believer's Journey, God's Path of Transformation, and... I want to thank my board operator, Steve, for another wonderful job. Me and him always have a good time. God bless you. Talk to you tomorrow night. Now that you've received the transforming truth of the Word of God, go deeper. Go to our website, chrispalmerministries.com, or log on to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Ministries. Then partner with Chris financially at Chris Palmer Ministries, P.O. Box 403, Wald Lake, Michigan, 48390 and tune in again every Saturday night at 12:15 a.m. for Transforming Truth with Chris Palmer on WMUZ 103.5 FM The Light